everybody, and welcome to an exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Ty West's X. Watch out, everybody. We got a real live horror movie on our hands here. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> Joining me to do just that, first up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Next up from, if you're, you're muted, friend. I just unmuted. That's why I was trying to cover it up. This is all that all that Colorado weed you brought back with you. Lingering what? <laughs> huh? Next up, from Richmond, Virginia, please welcome Caitlin. Hello. I have a tap mute mic now, too, so I'm, I'm learning. Nice. Uh, next up, from the Bay Area, presumably just came here after jumping her Tesla off of... Um, I'm getting blank stares, so you guys have not seen that video. Please welcome <laughs> Rachel to the show. Uh, some... I mean, I'm actually broadcasting from inside my Tesla. Oh, uh, yeah. There's, so there's some kind of specific street in the Bay Area that's like very like this and then like this. And mm. this dingus TikTok influencer like jumped his <laughs> Tesla off of it and like slammed into a bunch of cars. They then removed the license plates and they just drove away and they thought they were going like, to get away with it. <laughs> and he's on Everything TikTok. Everything about that sentence is sending me into a white hot rage. And he's on TikTok <laughs> being like, he's on TikTok being like, I'm so high right now. Ha ha. And then it just cuts to him jumping the Tesla. So the police, <laughs> the police Don't are now searching. Doing crimes. The police are now searching for that gentleman and he had to delete his TikTok. So there you go. There you go. That, that's me. That is, that, this is your 2022. No this is your weekly, you, sir. your weekly segment of Eric explaining <laughs> TikTok videos. Last up, joining us tonight, also from the Zombie Girls, please welcome Ariel to the show. Hi. How are you, Ariel? I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me. Sure, of course. Mr. John Schnars not here this evening. He's doing something with that sexy hair. His. Uh, it's too bad. You know, I like to talk about horny movies. With not Schnars, cutting but, it though. Yeah, that's true. Well, he better not be cutting it. Yeah, I actually, I don't want to jinx it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we were back in the theaters this week. I believe the first time, the first time that I was back in the theater since that terrible, ins- not insidious, uh, Conjuring movie that w- w- Ed and Lorraine Warren with the heart pills. Mm. What movie was that? Was that a Conjuring? Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. The Devil Made Me Do It, right. That was the last time that I was in a theater. Although that was like, I think you could get that on demand if you paid for it or something like that. Wait, weren't you in Scream? Yeah, but Scream I watched on like Hulu or something, didn't I? Oh, I don't know. Maybe All not. of your theater experiences are dangerous, so I'm just glad you're okay. <laughs> now you have me questioning where I saw Scream, and I'm going to think about it for a second. Right. Uh, I had to have been theater. Yeah. Oh, you know That's what? That's why I wasn't on that one. I did go to Scream. You're right. You're right. I was at Scream. Um, so, Lies so, exposed. Never mind any of what I, what I just said. <laughs> We're excited is the point. We went to the movies. We're here to talk about it. Let's take a quick break so that we can review X. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Ah! Not the front time. Main feature. So how does it feel, Caitlin, that I'm apparently up more up on trending TikTok videos than anyone else here? How do you guys all feel about that? I mean, 
we have different feeds is what it comes <laughs> down to because I spend a lot of time on TikTok. Well, this was not in my feed. Well, here's the funny thing. Oh. I read this as a, I saw it on Twitter first. Then I saw it as a news story. Then it started showing up in my feed because the my feed was spy, spying on me and being like, oh, you looked at this. I'm still That's deep so in the creepy. womb lands, if anyone's familiar with what's going on in the womb lands. I am, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> what is the womb lands? Don't, don't like say it too loud near your phone. Well, too late, <laughs> you I just don't did. Need to know. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> what is it? Uh, there is some, some beef between two content creators, one of whom said some goofy shit and it sounded like she said my womb lands when referring to her uterus. <laughs> uh, excuse me. They, they use they, them pronouns now. Um, but it's uh, their uterus and it's just, it's just been a fiasco. So, it's really kind of bizarre yeah. how you could just be using the same app and be having a 1000% different experience. Like I always say you, we'll post joke posts on Twitter sometimes about the memes you see in TikTok. I t- like, consistently 100% of the time understand 50% of your references. <laughs> Never 100% though. We like, come to, to together on the, the which hell yeah. tells me we've got, this, yeah, like, ve- we've got this like Venn dry- diagram, but then there's this whole other thing out here that like I'm, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. All I keep getting is somebody's toddler and I don't even find it that funny after the first time I saw it of somebody's toddler say, God fucking damn it. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> or like, I How love your when TikTok's so wholesome, Casey. <laughs> oh, mine is not. I'm not on it much. <laughs> mine is mine is not wholesome. Um, I also really love. I pretty recently had a um, uh, an old person be like, "Oh, you know, it's like that thing on t- uh, Facebook where blah blah blah." I was like, "Oh, honey, like we're not seeing the same stuff on the internet." Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it comes in generations. Too, like, first of like, all, you what's started on TikTok your... goes to Reels, goes to Facebook. But first, of all, of but first of all, you but, started your sentence with, it's like that thing on Facebook, you've already lost me. Second of all, it was some <laughs> bullshit like, uh, here's 10 things that are different from when I was a kid. Like, it was something like, why on earth would you think I would have ever seen this piece of content? <laughs> but, it, like, then, but then it frightened me to think that, like, people don't know. They just think it's Facebook. They think their silo oh, is the silo. And I think that's yeah. more dangerous when you don't that's know. That's where the, the news stuff comes in. I think it's yeah. it's news. And then it's you're, that's, why, stuff. that's why my TikTok's so wholesome, though, because I'm the one that gets sucked into watching the reels on Instagram and Facebook. But thanks to Eric, I, I'll watch like three or four of them, and then I feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I should be watching these on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love it. Don't him, let man. TikTok make you feel guilty. It's, it's my go-to no, like no. when I just when I just can't do life. And like, I finally get to be by myself or something, dude, I'll just post up and be like, I'm going to sit and drool and stare at my phone for an hour and just do this. <laughs> until Nothing my better. I mean, it's so like, it's relaxing. Restorative. It really is. I ended up watching a live of somebody peeling uh, an egg the yeah. other day on TikTok. <laughs> wait, was it? Weird shit. But wait, it was like a, a was raw, raw egg and they were peeling it away from the skin. Have you seen that? That's a thing. It's yeah. so weird. Yes. <laughs> They're using like manicure tools to mm-hmm. peel this egg very slowly. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, TikTok's taking my cooking game like to the next level. Like I made perfect, like um, they call them jammy eggs, like uh, soft boiled uh-huh. eggs, I guess, but in my air fryer. And they were- <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Incredible. 11 minutes at 275. Done. That's that's this low, the most but that makes d- sense. domestic dystopia I've ever <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, the eggs are so good though. Jammy eggs. I feel it now. It's now like, the Mo and FOMO you know is back. What? It's like the eggs you see in like ramen ramen videos, which is another thing I see like twenty four seven or ramen videos. 
which is funny because I can't eat noodles. So Aww. here we are. Get, you get some rice noodles, bud. Caitlin, does your TikTok serve you any words? Any like, I will, oh man, that would be amazing if Schnars opened TikTok and it was just like, here's this <laughs> noun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, <laughs> instead of womblands, I have a better word for okay. that makes more sense for X. Well, please then let's do the word of the day. So our word for today is senescence. That's S-E-N-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. Senescence is the process of becoming old. Oh, I didn't know that. He's shaking right now. He is absolutely quaking. AKA, if you've been, here's my example. If you've been listening to Bloody Good Horror since 2007, you've undergone the process of becoming old. <laughs> so yes, um, from the Latin senescent, uh, and we also get the word senile from there. So hmm. senescent, uh, Eric. There was some aging, and some thoughts about aging, and and the old X here. Yeah, man. Like you think you're going for just some horny slashery good time, and the next thing you know, you're questioning all existence. It's, uh, it's funny <laughs> like that. Classic. That's like that's. <laughs> 2020s horror like, bait and switch. a lot of like existential <laughs> horror yeah but it's also like hey check out this horny stuff this is cool and then it's like by the way you're all gonna die <laughs> time right. is passing ever still <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it here ty west in the movies x and i believe i read some insane shit on the internet that they've already filmed a, a prequel or something which is yep. did you stay yeah. through the credits no i forgot there's a trailer for the new one oh, at the oh, end of the credits. Now I feel real silly. Does it look good? Yeah. It does yeah. look good, actually. Look good. Love it. Yeah. Well, um, it's the payoff for Caitlin's favorite part of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, Ty West is like kind of an interesting character, I feel like, in the genre. He's made not a ton of horror movies, but he's got a pretty decent little catalog, and it's pretty divisive i find um i am on i really liked the roost i don't know if you guys remember the roost yeah. this is the first movie it's a little indie movie about a bunch of kids on a road trip that get like terrorized by like i'm pretty sure it's like a, a bats right like a roost of bats or something and like yeah it's just it's just like a little creature feature it's really good he followed it up with the innkeepers and then um uh, 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 Can you do uh, the, the devil one? The devil. What is that called? Yep. House, of the, House, House of, the of the devil. House of the devil. Yeah, that one was good. So I don't. I whatever. We can get. You know what? I'm gonna save all my Tyra sauce. But just to say, he also did one of the segments in the first VHS, and he did the sacrament, which Love I'm gonna one. gush over yeah. when it's my turn. Um, I don't actually <laughs> know the. I don't know if anybody has it up. I'm not sure the last thing he did, like sacrament. I want to say it was like 2014 or something. Like he that. did some western and then a bunch of TV. Interesting. I've got his Wikipedia up. Hold on. In the Valley of Violence. Yes, it's like Ethan Hawke and oh, John Travolta weird. or something. I had something? no idea. Or something oh, like that. And then isn't he in your next? Like, he sure yeah. is. He's Tarina, like a documentarian actor. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's the first, you know, <clears throat> spoiler. But sorry. Here's the thing about, here's the thing I will say about Ty West and then we'll get right into thoughts on the movie. I think regardless of where you fall in any one of his movies, he's pretty clearly a big genre fan. He, mm -hmm. he likes working in the genre and you, it's a thing he keeps coming back to. 
and he definitely has skill. Like, and he, he takes his shots, which I think is an admirable thing. Like where, however you feel, however you kind of land on them. Mm -hmm. Um, so this time around, this movie is called X. It stars, um, uh, Kaylin, help me out with who it's, who it stars. The only name I'm coming up with is Brittany Snow. (laughs) Well, it's got Brittany Snow. It's got Mia Goth. It's got Jenna Ortega, who we just saw in Scream. Scream, that's right. Um, Kid Cudi, AKA Scott Muscutty. Is Owen that who Campbell that is? and James Garland. I had no idea that's who that was. That's wild. Do you feel like yeah. you know so much about him now? Has he ever acted before? Oh, we know way more. About we know a lot Cody about than him. We did before. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of Alyssa's questions. We'll get to. Yeah. And yeah, we need a little behind-the-scenes trivia on that to see if that was like a. He's done a, a lot of product. Yeah, a prosthetic. I was yeah. wondering. <laughs> <laughs> he's done a lot of pr- uh, production in general. I'm trying to find if this is his first acting credit, but uh, he's he's done quite a bit. That kid, Cuddy. So well, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I like his music. Yeah. So basically, this movie is set in the 1970s, or is it is it 1980 or is it 1979? It's like right at the time. 79. 79. Yeah. And you have this. Uh, what's the main guy's name? I, I shouldn't remember. Now. I don't know the name. Uh, are you talking about Wayne? Yes. So Wayne owns, I don't know, it, it seemed like he owned this like cabaret or whatever you want to go like, uh, I don't know what, what's the word you would use for this place. That was a generous description. Like a real, well, what <laughs> it, I was trying to remember what it said. I, I was trying to remember what it said on the building because it didn't say, it said like. XXX girls? No, it like said. Um, oh, it, it, was it said burlesque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said I was trying. Listen, I was trying to be true to the uh, you know You're owner's right. description right. of the business. So he, <laughs> we we sort of open the movie as the sun is coming up after a long night of booby dancing is going on at this club. He is leaving with uh, Mia Goth, Brittany Snow, Kid Cuddy, and then Jenna Ortega, and then the nerdy filmmaker guy. And what we learned quickly is that this um, this takes place in a late seventies world where like porn movies have started to go mainstream and you, and this is like, there was a real thing that happened and you had like suburban couples were like going out to porn theaters to like see these movies. They were actually making a lot of money and making stars out of people. The one they referenced in this movie, I think is Debbie does Dallas or was it deep? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Debbie. Does yeah, it Dallas. was Debbie does mm-hmm. Dallas. That was like a big cultural kind of uh, milestone at the time. So basically the setup is that, they all are going to go out to the country. He's rented, he, he's 1970s Airbnb'd a country, little country farmhouse. And they're going to shoot a porn called The Farmer's Daughters. And they're all going to be rich and famous. They're going to ride the sort of coattails of this cultural phenomenon that's happening. Um, and, from, and Eric, they're going to make a good, dirty movie. A good, dirty, right. And very like Boogie Nights-esque, like they, they, are um, aspiring to do this in an artistic way. At least, uh, honestly, that's really like the filmmaker thing, dude's thing. Like, um, yeah. Migoth wants to be a snar, a star. Uh, Brittany Snow, <laughs> Brittany Snow is just like wants to bang, honestly, and like was into the money. The director dude is just horny and wants a lot of money. Um, Kid Cudi's just like along for the ride. I feel like the filmmaker nerd dude is the one that's like, we're going to like make this artsy. There's actually a funny scene where he's talking to the director and the director's like, yeah, man, whatever you're doing, it's great. Just like keep doing it. And he's like, yeah, we're going to let like the filmmakers get away into it. And the director's just kind of like, yeah, cool, dude. I don't know. Like just shoot it with the camera. And he's like, yeah, this rules. Feel hard. My dick is. And I was <laughs> yes. like, oh my God. He does. <laughs> he does. 70s were a wild time, man. Um, <laughs> 
So that's where we are. So basically, I believe they're in Texas and they end up like at this real shady, creepy farmhouse with this old couple that like they were not super square with about what they were going to be doing. He didn't even tell them it was going to be a lot of people. There's this guy's not super cool with like, you know, minorities and like these like loose ladies being on his like, you know, property. <laughs> so there's tension. And he also has a wife who's sort of like, Maybe, maybe in the early stages of senescence, they probably both are. So they go about for a lot of this movie, like a good hour, shooting their um porn movie. We should say like spoilers. Like you should stop if you haven't seen this movie. Fair very, very <laughs> much so. But as they're shooting their porn movie, there's a sort of like awakening that's happening uh with the older woman in the house. The husband is just trying to like keep shit under control, I feel like. But then there's a point in the movie where everything turns. It very much turns into a horror movie and shit goes downhill very fast. And that's X, basically, in a, in a nutshell. Next time I do that, and. I'm going to look up character names before I start doing the synopsis. <laughs> I got you. I, I, I will say this was shot in New Zealand, uh, which is wild because it sure looked like Texas. It did, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you know, New Zealand has lots of planes, I'm to understand. So it's where, all the, know. Sh- it's where all the shit Apex breaks. Platypus. Do you, do you think the they words. had to like herd sheep out of shots? <laughs> Just be like, go away. Cause there's, there's a lot of, I'll talk about it, but there's some interesting visual um, similarities between this and the, um, uh, I'm just going to say the ritual. Chainsaw. That's not the name of it. TCM? No, his other movie, the one I was just talking about, how much I like. Roost. No. Yeah. House of the Devil? No. The Roost. The one where they're in, forget it. Sacrament. Yes. The Innkeepers. Western. Ty West. Oh my God, it's been a long day. Okay. Rachel. Yes. Two weeks in a row. Welcome back. We gave you a good movie this time. What did you think? I don't know. I can't even believe it. Give me a little brief Ty West West feelings and then tell me what you thought about X. I'm pretty into Ty West. I really have liked pretty much everything I've seen of his. I liked House of the Devil. I liked The Roost. I liked, yeah, all of it for the most part. I haven't really delved into his TV or Western career, but all of his horror stuff has been pretty solid. And that is part of what made me excited to see this, to be honest, because I have major slasher fatigue. Like, uh, oh, really? it's, it's oh. just not really speaking to me lately. I could use so but many the more. the Thai West, what's that? Oh, I said I could use so many more. I'm like, so if you're getting too many, send them my way. Oh, you can have them all, my friend, except for this one. But yeah, so like the A24 of it was interesting to me and the Thai West of it made me think like, okay, you know, maybe there'll be something fresh here. And I was delighted to discover that I really liked this a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's this fascinating mix of like old tropes, but with this really contemporary lens and um, that brings a lot of ideas that I was not expecting there to be in this. Like there's a lot of there there with this on top of there being kind of all the things you're hoping to get from a, a slasher with mm-hmm. the gore and the set pieces and the kills and all that. And, and I think genuine tension in places, uh, it's an homage to all those things, but there is something really fresh about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm super excited to unpack this thing with you guys. Love it. Caitlin from Richmond. I really like this. I was super excited about it. I really like um, so much of it reminds me of our buddy Joe Ferry because he and I talk a lot about 
um, sort of like the value of nudity in movies and the value of like the the line between pornography and cinema and and how those can coexist. So when we get the line, I want to make a good dirty movie or it's possible to make a good dirty movie. I was like, oh, my buddy Jeff Ferry. <laughs> like I just <laughs> got to thinking of him. And um, so I don't know. It was just a really cool movie. I really like the story. I think the soundtrack is really cool. Um, I, I want to get your feedback on that because I I know some people are not super cool about the musical montage number um, oh, like that it. we get from Britney Snow. Uh, oh, singing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be real like with it. you. Anytime Britney, anytime Britney Snow was on screen, I was pretty okay. I thought she sounded lovely. <laughs> yeah. She, she sounded she great. And voice. I it's a nice a reminder of, uh, she was in what? What was that? Uh, uh, pitch, the perfect. pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. I was like, one, come a long way, baby. One and two. <laughs> one and two. Was there a third one? Maybe. I don't know. I don't Probably. think so. But I, I, I liked that. I liked the general score and the the soundtrack. I thought the acting was really good. I liked that we get like these. The kills are awesome, and I want to I want to get into the individual kills later. There's a gator, like there's just so much to to dig into. There is a gator, like, which is so seventies horror, and I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. super seventies. I uh, the fashion. I was worried about Mia Goth's like chafing situation with her overalls <laughs> with no shirt on, but uh, everything yeah. about it was just really really good, um, and I was really into it. Eric and I have uh, come to to blows here about one one point though is that um, and I don't want to say it right now but we can get into it in spoilers. There's a casting choice that took me out of things really significantly um, that I could have done without, but that's really the one change I would have made. But I don't I don't want to blow that sort of right up at the top. Today was a really good example of why we do the pre-show email so we can just get it out before the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ariel. Yeah, I'm with everybody else. I loved this movie. I didn't know anything about it going in. I like to go into movies cold other than the Ty West and A24 part of it, which I was excited about. But I loved it. I mean, it's got like you guys were saying, it has everything I ever want from a slasher movie. But then it adds all this other stuff in where there's commentary about aging and that meta thing happening where it's like they're trying to make a good horror movie at the same time in the movie. They're trying to make good porn. So I thought all of that was really interesting because it just adds layers to it. And I loved how much it really felt like a 70s slasher movie. I think that they really paid attention to detail to get that right. And everybody who was acting in it was amazing. I also did not expect Brittany Snow to be so good, but she was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I thought she was great. She steals and a lot of it, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, she does. And she's so different in this movie than anything I've ever seen. Even the way she moves her body where it's kind of more like serpentine like yeah. a you, do you know what i it's mean where it's more thing. like almost like the way oh, marilyn the monroe the physicality yeah, i was gonna say she was a hundred percent marilyn and the a, physicality yeah. the accent that like southern yes. accent the like just the whole thing is very like put together sort of character she created right and i i even loved wayne's kind of matthew mcconaughey shtick you know <laughs> that's a good way to put it I thought he was like that crossed with like uh luke wilson maybe or something yeah, yeah something like that exactly <laughs> so um, yeah i just thought this was really fun but it's got all this extra stuff in it too to make it a little more meaningful and yeah. i appreciated that i do agree with caitlin but we'll get into that later okay casey <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll start off with I don't agree with Caitlin, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> the gauntlet's been thrown down. 
Uh, much like Ariel, I went into this one pretty blind. I did. I knew it was coming out, and I knew you guys were talking were talking about it. I didn't know that I was going to make it here. Ended up having the time. I was happy I made it. I knew it was a twenty four. I knew it was Ty West, so I had some hopes. Ty West is hit or miss for me, but he's got more. Uh, hits on the win column, win side for me than the negative. Sometimes his movies take me like two viewings to fully appreciate them. Like uh, House of the Devil was like that for me. I watched the first time, wasn't wild about it. Watched the second time, like oh, I get it, I like it. The Innkeepers that didn't really work out for me. I just found that kind of dull from beginning to end. Sacrament, I loved it from the moment I went in. So I had good expectations, and everything landed. I loved it. Uh, artistically and cinematographically, it was beautiful. It looked like 1979. The costumes and stuff were great. Like everybody said, the cast was great. And I was just really wrapped up into it. And it was a great setting. And it looked fantastic. The kills were amazing for the most part. To the point where there was a couple kills that happened off screen and we don't really see like Kid Cudi, I would say, was one of those. And I was more disappointed that we didn't get more because they were building up so, so well at that point. Yeah. But that's just a minor quibble. I mean, it didn't really hurt the story or anything like that. It's just they'd done so well, I would have loved to have seen more. Mm-hmm. But there was moments like with the alligator scene we can get in later. I literally like, oh, out loud in the middle of the theater because <laughs> it was that fun. So there's a lot of great stuff in this movie. I was pretty excited by it. You know that saying where it's like, if you show a gun in the first act, you better use the gun by the third act. When I saw that right. alligator and I was like, we better get a goddamn alligator. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, um, I am with everyone else on the show, except for Caitlin on the one thing, but it's fine. It's just, it's fine. Um, and I think Rachel, you use the word fresh and that really kind of nails it to me. That's it's one of the most fascinating things about this is to be set in the seventies, but the, like thematically feels so contemporary while also nailing like trashy seventies horror is kind of a wild needle to have like threaded successfully. And it's mm-hmm. what's so cool about this movie to me. And it, it, it very much feels like calculated in the sense of really looking around at where the genre is and being like, cause you get sort of two, two or three lanes of horror movies. Like I think a lot of people, if you're listening to this show, but maybe not everybody is into the idea of like elevated horror, right? Like let's use horror. Horror has always under the surface explored themes of like, uh, mortality and sexuality and identity and stuff like that. Right. But it used to be a lot more subtext. And then now what we've been doing the last few years, filmmakers have been really pulling that straight up to the surface. Sometimes with mixed results, sometimes it's been amazing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels ham fisted and you'll have find a million online debates about which movies nailed it and which movies didn't. Right. I think a really interesting thread is that as the genre filmmakers, as you have, as you have more women coming into the genre, but you also have uh, not all of them, but a lot of um, male filmmakers like trying to reevaluate the way they deal with sex and women characters. What has happened in some ways is like, and then not across the board. There's always exceptions to the rule, but the genre has it feels like it's got kind of has less sex in it than it used to. Certainly than when we were kids, like. 
I think it's also important. I have a lot of thought. I'm just like trying to get all these thoughts out while they're in my head. Well, I think people are con- more conscientious about the male gaze now. Yes. Right? And they're and trying so in, to subvert the male gaze in and, ways that have turned into kind of neutering it. Yes. Well, and in some ways, I think it in some way, some filmmakers have chosen to just like, you know what, we're going to like leave that on the table because I don't totally know how to deal with it, which is valid. I'm not saying that yeah. as a criticism of anybody involved. I'm just saying like, it feels like a lot of movies have just looked at other subjects, not really knowing how to deal with sex, like in the modern era. Mm-hmm. And this feels like a Grief movie. Grief is the new sex. <laughs> this feels like a, yeah, I mean, but like some people also, you always get those people that are like, I just want horror, man. I just want it to be scary. And like, and like, I don't want to invalidate that person's opinion either. What I'm fascinated by with X is that it's like, instead of tiptoeing around the problem of how do we deal with sex and nudity and sexuality in horror movies, like Ty West just like, ran straight at it. Like he literally was like, yeah, <laughs> how do I make the horniest movie possible with like a bunch of female nudity, a bunch of male nudity. It's probably, it definitely is like more skewed in the male thing, but like given what we're shooting here, like I make, I, I understand like there's a dong. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there it's is in a shadow, dong. but, but my like, point, like it's quantity like, over, <laughs> it's like it feels like time. Volume. It feels Volume, like exactly cubits. It, it feels to me cubits. It feels to me truly like Ty West was like, let's try to let's resurrect that like almost kind of um, lurid sexuality of seventies films. I don't even want to say trashy because I think it kind of like writes off like tr- trashy is sort of like a more antiquated word for it. It's really just like very sexual of a Would film. Would you say it's the kind of movie there that the film guy wanted to shoot in this movie? Yes. It's so meta. <laughs> right. but like, well, I think he but gets around then, he, then he's like, let's positive. so let right. Yeah. So right. Exactly. So let's do that. But we're going to frame it in a way that is not only sex positive, but asks like a lot of questions about, sexuality, um, like, uh, attachment and curiosity and like all this kind of stuff. And then also we're going to like really get into the human body and aging. Cause like when you're talking about yeah. sexual, like there's it a kind of does. I, 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 whether, I think it goes in there pretty <laughs> deep, honestly, but like my point being that like, regardless of like how successful any of it is, He's biting off a lot and he's not really shying away from it. And it's what makes the movie to me feel so fresh. Cause I think you could go into this not really caring or wanting anything extra and really just enjoy the ride. Because even though nothing super slashery happens until like an hour in, but it's so intense in that sort of old school 70s slow burn kind of way where we just yeah. feel the tension kind of slowly ratcheting up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he well, goes so that's after a, I, all those topics and not, and, but he's not just like uh, Leroy Jenkins, it right? Yeah. And <laughs> he's I think, working it in. It's part of the plot. So I think the movie can work either way. And it's one of the most interesting things about it. It's like, I think you could have different types of horror fans go into this and get something mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. 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 This really, movie kind of, sorry, go ahead, Caitlin. No, I, I was, I really like the themes of, aging and of not having lived the life that you want to live. I feel like that's where sort of the existential stuff comes in. If you want to question yeah. your path in life. Yeah. Like yeah. we get, I mean, really clear character motivations for pretty much everybody. And yeah. we have Jenna Ortega's character. Hers are dynamic. You know, she has a significant change throughout, but I love that 
Like, we don't need a ton of background. Like, we know Kid Cudi's character was a Marine. We know, you know, Brittany Snow's character has done these movies before. But it's not like we get, like, flashbacks or anything goofy or silly or heavy-handed. We have pretty clear motivations. Mm -hmm. We're watching them navigate this, uh, at times, tricky scenario within their group dynamic. And then with these two just wild card old people. (laughs) And (laughs) the, the characters, I think, were just really well done. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. but like that. Uh, what was the camera guy's name? RT. RJ. RJ. Like that whole thing that happens with RJ and his girlfriend throughout the shooting of this movie and whatnot, and just before the chaos starts breaking out, and uh, RJ's in this shower. I felt for the dude because I mean, it's, you're in that situation. How else are you gonna feel? It's gonna be weird. It's interesting that I they saw this cut away from that scene after having two such like explicit sex scenes and it's possibly just like the actress wasn't comfortable with it which like obviously I understand but it was just it was interesting because she's diff- she is coded as kind of different from the other two characters as well so like what I wondered was is not showing it is that have something to do with like how he well, wants me to feel I'm about it. I thought her. it was Jenna Ortega saying like, you know, I don't want to do nudity or I don't want to do like, yeah. 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 I'm sure that was some of it, but I like to think that some of it was Ty West showing restraint was what I was kind of going for mm. before with the Leroy Jenkins. Well, but, the, but that's, so a, the nudity that's inconsistent with the rest of the movie though. That's my point, I guess, like why it stood well, out to me. But like it, I, Rachel, I think you mentioned the male gaze before, and the pro- the, you know brought that up before. I think he was very aware of that, and the parts that we do get the nudity and whatnot with the sex scenes, they're playing into the plot. They're part of the story, kind of like you know, only reading, <laughs> reading Playboy for the story and whatnot. But like, we didn't necessarily need to see her scene, so he didn't film it. Was the way I'd like to hope that it went. Okay, you know see, I, mean? I, uh, I had like a very different theater response to that scene. I saw this with three friends and my friend, like I was on one end and then she was on the very, or excuse me, they were on the very far end. And when RJ was like crying in the shower, they were like, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you, RJ. Like, right. I, I mean, like I understood what was going on, but it was just so funny you know to hear it because so, he was like. <laughs> do you know what's so interesting though, Caitlin? Like I. I think that that scene, what happens, and then his reaction is basically a Rorschach test, like full on. Because yeah. it's one thing to watch the rest of the movie and be like, "Yeah, I'm feeling so sex positive today," but then when you watch that scene, like you really you got to think about what's going on in that scene. And like, I'm not saying for better or worse. I'm just saying like, that's where you're whoever you're watching that movie with, whatever their reaction yeah. is, is going to be telling. Yeah. It's a, that's hilarious. That's a great point, though, because, I mean, I'm older than everybody here, so I've got different views on that stuff that's been ingrained in me over the years. So it's I try to be like well, that's what I'm positive saying. No, and no, no. not being closed minded. But that's not something I'm used to. Well, no, of course. And that's every like uh, whatever. I, we don't need to. This isn't it does, no. this doesn't need to start looking like uh, my TikTok. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> um, it is. It's just an interesting it's an interesting scene. The. um in terms of like the the aging stuff, I sort of enjoyed like a lot is made of this parallel between and we can get into Caitlin, like your sort of your your beef with it, but like there's this parallel sort of between the Mia Goth character and then this older woman character and Maxine and Pearl. Maxine know, is the, you know, Mia Goth in the overalls. <laughs> you know, like Mia Goth very much like she wants to be a star and so does like Britney Snow to a certain degree, even though her motivations are a little different, but like they both are sort of using their 
like sexuality and their bodies. They're sort of like trying to empower themselves like through that way. But then the what we're juxtaposed with is like, well, once you're old and that's gone, like it's difficult. It can be difficult. Like that and that's what we're seeing these older people go through. Like even the dude, he's just he can't do shit. He's like, my heart will go out, you know, like <laughs> and both characters are hardcore being confronted with like have living extremely limited lives and different than what they used to experience. And like I guess it's trying to find joy in life when you have lost those things, I guess. I think a lot of it has to do with desire. Like she wants to be desired. Maxine, or she has in Pearl wants to be desired. Maxine wants to be desired and they all want to be desired in different ways. But you know, theirs is so salient because I mean, that's Pearl's main motivation for being like a fucking sex fiend trapping sex slaves, like to, yeah. to, to get that across. Yeah. <laughs> and she, so as Kayla was mentioning, like they, this, it's pretty apparent, like in the moment you see them that the, um, the two older people are played by younger actors in like prosthetics. Um, go ahead, Kayla. What were you, you, you had like a feeling about it though. Yeah. I, so I think Ariel had mentioned as well. Um, I noticed really early on that I think we all noticed that there was something kind of off about the older characters, specifically about Pearl. And for whatever reason, I was just like, it's, it's me a goth. It's, dude, it's, it's but you know what? Again. It was actually the old dude and his giant cranium that threw me off. Like watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. Not even in a bad uh, way, but that was the one that I was staring was at wild. being like uncanny Valley. Like what is happening? Yeah. So, they, um, I will say like I, the prosthetics and the styling and the makeup look good. They look really good. I think they look better than they did in, um, or what's the one midnight mass. Like, I think that these, this styling looked awesome, but I could still tell that it was Mia Goth. Mm. And for me, I just, we have these kind of foils in Pearl and Maxine, but they both have the same motivation. They both want to be desired. They both sort of want to use this, um, you know, they both have been desired, except for Pearl's living this sort of other end of the spectrum where that life has passed her by and she wants it back. And I just, don't, for me, and I think this is the word that Eric and I got stuck on it, it cheapens it a little bit for me because it felt a little gimmicky. I feel like we could have had those same messages about, you know, these two characters that are foils that have the same motivations, that have the same desire to be desired without having them be played by the same actress. And yeah. I feel like this is such a good cast. And when you do have that sort of Mia Goth playing both roles, and I do love her. I think she's an incredible performer and I love her in horror, but it becomes this showcase of Mia Goth instead of this showcase of an incredible story because the script is so solid. For me, it just like it didn't need that layer because it took me out. It took me out early on when I was like, that's Mia Goth. And then I was like looking at the teeth. I was like, yeah, that's, that's, that's her teeth, but just like old people-fied. So he, here's my <laughs> counterpoint. I literally didn't know that until you said it in the email. I didn't even oh. buy, I didn't look it up afterwards. I have been looking at pictures and I still don't see it. And now I'm fascinated because we're broken down along like gender lines on this. <laughs> and I'm fascinated. <laughs> There's some kind of yeah. like right brain, left brain situation going on. I literally yeah. don't see it. And the thing that like worked that totally just threw me off the scent was she's shorter. Like, and it's just, I guess, but even hunched over, she looks physically shorter, the older version. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here's why I like that choice, or at least I don't, I didn't find it cheapening, is like it heightens the wacky factor in a pretty wacky movie. Like it, in a sort of um, throwback 
over the top sort of seventies genre movie. It feels like a weird over the top choice that made me feel sort of like an uncanny Valley thing that sort of worked with the characters, especially once they start Mm -hmm. turning straight slasher villain. Like when she's like, literally like it's very, uh, it was kind of reminiscent of the visit. Like she's Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, puttering around. And that's another thing I really like about this. Um, there is a subversion of the idea of like a big hulking slasher killer. Like yes. it's the exact opposite. It's like literally a frail elderly woman who can barely mm-hmm. do anything, but she like putters around and she's like, eh, and like stabs the dude in the eye. <laughs> and it's like, but and they right. actually managed to find realistic ways for this couple to kill these people and make them scary, which almost seems like, um, he's like taking on a screenwriting challenge or something like, okay, like how do I make yeah. this scary? Cause in the beginning, all I heard was this, all I knew about this was, it was a slasher. So for a while I was waiting for some, like their hulking nephew to show up or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so well, I kind see, of loved that like juxtaposition. So that's a great point though, because I was the same way going into this, figuring it's going to be the big hulking nephew or something like that. And then as the movie got rolling, it's going to be surely, I figured surely it's the old guy's going to get mad at them being promiscuous out in his cabin and it was going to go that way. And it was something totally different, which was a great surprise. It's funny, though, listen to this, because I'm on Eric's side with the uh, Bia Gothas Pearl debate because I completely missed it. I did not pick up on it at all. I came back home after the movie and looked on IMDb th- trying to figure out who the actress was, and I didn't see that Mia Goth had two names on there at first. So I went and Googled uh, I went and Googled who was the old lady in <laughs> X and found the article, and I'm like, oh, crap. That's why I'm so strong against it, because I didn't pick up on it at all. At the same time, though, as we've been talking about it, I start to wonder, like, with that and the um, – you know, like the reactions to RJ crying in the shower and stuff like that. It's not that different from like the age, the tale of the age that's going on in this movie. Whereas people of different ages are getting different reactions from this movie too. Mm. Yeah. I think I just like, I, I feel like we could have, the script was strong enough on its own to not have what feels like to me a gimmick. And I, I think, you know, because I noticed it early on, it did take me out of it. And Ariel, I wanted to ask, cause you had mentioned in the email too, that you noticed yeah. um, if that pulled you out a little bit, because I was like, Oh, this movie rules. I don't want to be distracted. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I noticed right away and I did find it pretty distracting one because I knew it was Mia Goth and I was like, okay, so did, what are they doing that did you for? Guys know you know, why did they make that choice? Did you guys know who she was before this movie? Cause I don't know this actress. So that was probably mm-hmm. yeah. played into part yeah. of it for me. She like, was in Suspiria. Yeah. The remake. Uh, and that cure, what a cure for cure wellness. For, so I think, I yeah. Yeah, later, I knew her from those. After, yeah. when, after Caitlin and I started getting into it on email, I looked it up <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, this is like the, super unsettling looking <laughs> actress from a cure for wellness. Like yeah. just her yeah. face has an uncanny Valley. Like there's huh? something really interesting about yeah. her face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, think she has eyebrows. I just, and I think that might yeah, be part I, of it. I, I found it distracting both her and the older guy too, especially because his old man voice sounded phony to me. Like it didn't sound like the way an older person actually speaks. It's like, ah! Yeah, and he had these like bizarre, really large cheekbones and the way they kind of drew out his chin. It felt a little bit like old age makeup from Tales from the Crypt, but this movie isn't campy. Do you know what I mean? Here's a counterpoint. Here's a a counterpoint I will make. 
Okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? One of the yes. most revered horror movies of all time. That old grandpa character at the end, 100% like a 25-year-old. I agree. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's, yeah. And totally it's right. creepier for it in that case. But I think he is really creepy in that movie. I don't think that this age makeup worked quite as well for me. The one thing I'll say is that a lot of times what people miss when they're doing old age makeup are the hands and the arms. They don't make them look older. And they did do that. I thought really successfully mm-hmm. in this movie. It was, it was just one of those things where I kept thinking about it. Cause I kept having to look at yeah. them and, you know, recognize that this is old age makeup instead of just hiring older actors. Well, your brain but, looks for the seams. Like, I mean, yeah. I was very impressed, like, yeah. especially the chest that they did on Mia yeah. Gotha's Pearl. Mm-hmm. I was like, this looks yeah. amazing. But at the same time, I was like, let me see them teeth. Like, let me see where the, <laughs> like, and I look at the You know what's kind of interesting? Yeah. Well, I, I do think what it does is it sort of, foc- it, it, it focuses the focus of the movie being on, in the end, on like her arc. Because she mm-hmm. is the one with this like really clear mirror. I mean, she also is the one who's like alive at the end. But um, I yeah, take, I yeah. I spotted it, but I was just a smug asshole. I was like, ha ha, I caught you. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> these I, are the I, moments where I'm like, I love. These are the moments where I love the first oblivious. half of a two part film, right? Yeah. The, so there is a payoff coming. So maybe knowing that there is a purpose can help make it less now, does she, I mean, I don't no, hold know. On. I mean, like, I still love the movie. The other like, one, I will watch this movie again because I bad things about So Rachel, it. there was a, but Rachel, there <laughs> was a, not a true fan. there was a trailer in the credits, right? For the prequel. Yes. Is it a yes. prequel about the old people? Yes. It's called so it, it, it cuts to the end. And so then wait, the but is it Mia Goth? Yes, young well, Mia yeah. Goth there playing you go. young Pearl. There yeah, you go. I mean that's the payoff. Unfortunately, you don't know that till the credits have rolled. There's another thing to consider too. Yeah. Like I would, I would posit that this film is heavily influenced by pandemic necessities because, like, you look at it, it is a small movie shot in a remote place with like mm. six actors. So yeah. it's more the style they're going for than the pandemic. I don't Probably know, dude. So. I don't know. I mean, they happy accidents. Dude, they would have yeah. shot this. I mean, it's this. got Britney Snow and Kid Cudi. Like, it's... But, like... but my, it's A24. My point is, like, they would have shot this during a surge. Like, so... Oh, they possible, were in New yeah. Zealand. And he was probably he writing was it at a time down. when he's like, well, the world is effed. How do I make a movie with six <laughs> six actors? Like, honestly, like... <laughs> well, to your point, yeah, Ariel, New Zealand's, like, the only country that handled COVID well. <laughs> because, right. yeah. because think about it this way. Any, they every, weren't having a surge. <laughs> every person you add to a movie at this point, even if it's just extras, you're adding tremendous yeah. expense for, like, mitigation efforts to try to keep people safe. You're talking about... That's true. ...testing and distancing and quarantining and, like, all that kind of stuff. So, like... Yeah. I kind of like this movie as an interesting exercise in what can be done like really small by a good mm-hmm. filmmaker, you know? Yeah. And, well, and guess- like I said, this didn't ruin the movie for me. And I loved all of the commentary about aging that this allowed them to do. It was, it's just this one little thing, but. But for me, like it takes a little bit away from that commentary because it's like, if you want to explore yeah. elderly desire and you want to show these old people elderly. fucking, have them be old. Lean into it. Like, yeah. get more yeah. uncomfortable. I'm going like, to be honest with you. It was pretty uncomfortable even not being old. It was, but that's the <laughs> point. Like, it's supposed to unsettle some of that in you. And when, and I think I got a little bit frustrated because I do like Ty West and he is going for a lot with sexuality here. But the fact that, like, I wanted to be like, buddy, 
drive it on home, use old yeah. people, like have yeah. them fuck, be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, it's, it's, it's me goth and some young dude. Like it looks <laughs> awesome. I get it. Like it looks so good, but I was just like, oh fuck. It just Can took we, me out of it a little bit. Yeah, to be I, fair, I thought for my own argument, I realized that it was a younger lady in makeup that was playing Pearl. I just didn't realize it was Mia Goth. I figured it was an actress that was probably the same age as the guy playing the old guy. And I figured they were probably of similar age with the makeup and stuff. But to go on for from that point with the makeup and that same argument, I also loved how they handled this old couple for like the first act, maybe first half of the movie. Yeah. They did the classic horror thing where they don't show the monster. They kept their faces out of frame for yeah. everything. And everything was shot from a distance mm-hmm. or from a weird angle and oh, stuff. And I thought that dude, was great. Thank you. You just I reminded love, me. So I like, love how she looks like a, one of the drawings from those um, – uh, those you know those the creepy books we all read as a kid uh, that had the short stories. Scary, scary stories. stories. Yes, yeah. she looked like something from Scary Stories. Casey, <laughs> yes, Casey, yeah, you just that. you just reminded me of a thing I love about this movie that he does really well, and this is a thing that I think makes the sacrament as one of the things that makes that movie so good. The compound in the sacrament is spread out and also wide open. So like there's tiny buildings on a flat plane spread really far apart. And what that does is like, you get to do these really interesting things with tension and like distance. And like the, another movie that does this really well is the wind where there's the Mm -hmm. two houses on the opposite sides of the, of the prairie. And that's what uh this movie does. You've got the, their house and then this like farmhouse they're staying in. And there's all this great tension between like when the lights are on or not, or when there's a, one of them is creepy in the field staring at them. Or like if one character is in the house and then has to sneak all the way back to the house. Right. And those are like interesting, um, opportunities for suspense that are born out of just really good, uh, location scouting, honestly, like picking a good location. So it's a, that's a thing he's done before that I, that I liked a lot. Well, speaking of, can we talk about some kills? Because yeah. I loved oh, how yeah. varied they were. Like, they were varied in location. They were varied in, like, method. We get an alligator chomp. We get, like, we get... I, the one that surprised me the most is the one that we get last, sort of last, where it's just a shotgun blast that you do not expect. Because it yeah. it messes with your timing. It messes with your yeah. character, like, sort of projections. And I fucking loved that. It's I was what's, like, ah! You know what's interesting <laughs> is, like, because it's... It is a movie that actually like makes you feel attached to several of these characters, but mm-hmm. when it comes time to dispatch them, it goes back to being a seventies horror film, and there is no sentimentality about the way any it's of them are killed. Yeah. Yeah. Uncertainty. Are you talking about the uh, Jenna Ortega scene, Caitlin? Yeah, yeah. I was wasn't great. gonna give away who it was, but yeah. Which yeah. honestly, like, but no, that, I was the same way. This no, year but like, happened. Kid, I was like, oh, <laughs> Kid Cudi too. Like that scene, Brittany, Mur- Brittany Snow. I keep saying Brittany Murphy. That's so morbid. But like, the R.I.P. <laughs> But like, Grim. yeah, man, especially it's a, such a, when I say breath of fresh air, after seeing something like Scream, where like everybody who dies, it's gotta be, cause it's, cause it's Scream, I get it. Yeah. There's gotta be a speech and we gotta be sad and like, blah, 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 I gotta stare at each other. This is just like whack and you're dead and you're like, holy mother. Like there are several moments in this movie that just my jaw dropped. Well, like even the, the alligator that first kill. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, <laughs> the eye one was great. I love I mean, the eye one. Yeah. Great, but holy is the first shit. kill. I mean, especially because when he's guy. laying on the ground and the camera pans in, you see his eyeball just on the ground next to him. <laughs> like, Ooh. Well, and the knife turns like she yes. she's stabbed, and then she turns it in his neck, and I was like, oh god, yeah. we're going for it. 
I even though like the first kill in this movie with uh, RJ and, and it's you know spoiler alert of course we've dropped it before but just to be safe but she's standing in the headlights of the car and completely whacked out and he gets out and you Don't know something's out, gonna bro. happen just drive but once she pops him in the throat you're thinking that's it you're like oh but then she keeps going and you're like oh no it's like I love scene- how artistic that scene is too because as the blood is splurting over the headlights she starts glowing red you know yes. there are and a lot even- of moments like that that are really artistically done and even before mm-hmm. that it's a long tense drawn out scene and it's before we yeah. it's before we know fully what's happening and yeah. like mm-hmm. And you, and it's they so don't good. really she's, give it away. She's creepily like caressing him and hugging him, and he's like, "Why yeah. are you doing that?" Like, it's, he's just like, <laughs> "But that's what's so yeah. good." Like, they give you some of her motivation there, it and it's starts, she wants this desire, and yeah. it's like, "Oh, she's like got a boundary issue," it and then it's like, "Oh, she's got a sex slave in the basement." Like, but, this uh, is but like up, right. until, up until that first stab at the throat, though, it could still be your husband coming out and being pissed off about the promiscuous kids and going nuts, right? <laughs> And then all of a sudden she stabs him. And you're like, oh, shit, everything's I, out the window. I would be remiss yeah. if I didn't talk about how disgusting people's diets were in the 70s. So, like, before we have this party scene, okay. Bologna sandwich, He Eric? pulls out a log of bologna and he cuts off, like, inch-thick slices, fries them. They eat them on Wonder Bread while drinking beer. And I was like, what? It tastes hey, so good. What the, the hell were people doing? Fried bologna sandwich? Like, Literally, I wanted amazing. to leave. The I, wanted, I was okay with it. I like wanted to leave the theater and chug water. Because like just the sodium, <laughs> the sodium mixed with the beer dehydrating you. I was like, I need, I need water. Well, actually, <laughs> the, the, uh, the whole like vibe of how sticky, chafed, like I said. And you can hear the sound design is really good. Because there are sounds of flies constantly like you hear the buzz of flies and it's like oh god you know that it's fucking hot as hell because it's the middle of texas in the middle of summer there it's 70s there's no like air conditioning in that cabin that like all the polyester (laughs) all like the heavy (laughs) sweaty wet just like like it feels so real and i I really appreciate it i was kind of more surprised that he actually bought cornflakes and milk when they stopped at that gas station until later on in the movie we found out why he bought milk (laughs) well it's funny because um like they walk into the cabin and I'm like I'm expecting them to be like we can't film here and they're like it's perfect I was like what <laughs> this is disgusting it like, it's a disease <laughs> that you're gonna get if you have sex in this place but who in the 70s is gonna go rent a fucking random cabin from an old couple in the middle of nowhere <laughs> well I, I was confused about like that too idea. I was confused about that too and then I was like oh right it's like farmer's daughter like it took me a second to like yeah. until they started saying that name yeah. a couple times I'm like okay I guess it makes sense like why they want this place right also people in the 70s used to hitchhike everywhere I don't think they were that concerned about going to a cabin yeah. <laughs> or they were a just farmhouse. Fair. Yeah. Right. I did like Wayne like he's a scumbag but no, when, he's, uh, he's so when cool. RJ's like no she's not like those other the girls and he's like hey, how, what do you mean about that like you know and it's like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah what do you mean about that RJ I thought yeah. you were like Mr. like want to make a good dirty movie he's but... super it's like but they... he did try to take care of everybody that was with him too they tried to take care of his yeah. crew no, he was like, he they was, tow a, yeah. I think all the fine... sex stuff really subverted my expectations yeah. um, and things like Wayne being like hey hey do not talk badly about my sex workers was something that is a contemporary yeah. kind well, of attitude you said and I think like it... sex positive is really a good way to put it and so it's it's like I loved the conversation where they're all just sitting down and talking. Yeah, that was great. I feel like Ty West talked to an actual sex worker before he wrote this script. And yeah. it was and it was yeah, such yeah. a it was such a moment in America. And then to to set the movie around it, and then to be like, 
here's what it looks like from these people's perspective was super interesting. And I think it carries through into the, like the way it subverts the slasher trope of punishing women who are sexualized. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this one, all of the women maintain their agency and their, and their desire. And instead our slasher is not driven by like his impudence or his puritanical attitudes, but rather she's driven by her desire and mama hungry. Hold on to the yeah, Mama hungry. And no, thank you. For the power that comes with being desired and sexual. Right, and yeah. I also like that in a lot of those older slasher films, we get people who are stabbed or killed in some way while they're in a sexual act, like while they're in the middle of it. This movie did it a little bit differently, where it added tension during those scenes. There's a scene where Pearl, you see her looking like, through the window, yeah. and she's yes. so creepy, and so the tension is like ratcheting up, but nobody is attacked. Or the scene mm-hmm. where the older couple is having sex, and you have me a trying to sneak out from under the bed if that scene is so tense but again they're not they're not mixing the violence and sex the same way that they did in the 70s even though the thing looks like a 70s movie you know that's a great point because my like one of the biggest tensions for me early on where i was still thinking maybe it was the old guy that didn't like the kids having sex in his uh rental house or whatever in his airbnb like when they started doing the filming and stuff and we had like the first scene with Britney Snow and Kid Cootie and everything and they were getting loud and whatnot. I got tension from them being loud just because the old people are yeah. in the house and like they're going to yeah. hear them. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And what bad luck that this porn crew ended up in this particular farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know because when it starts, you think that this is sort of a one-off, so right? That like she has all of a sudden because she's seen what they're doing has this desire and yeah. needs, yeah, has a, a break with reality or whatever and needs to attack them. But when you see that they have got a car in the lake and that they've got mm-hmm. a body yeah. in the basement with his pants down, <laughs> you mm-hmm. realize this is something she's been doing for a while. Well, see, that body within the basement was huge to me, especially yeah. now since I didn't stick around for the uh, post-credit <laughs> stuff and miss that trailer. The fact that they set that up and then there was a whole trailer for a prequel afterwards means there was a lot of thought put into this. I and I think I it's that. great because it's going to mm-hmm. lead up to that. I right? Yeah. I missed yeah. that. I'm so pissed. Uh, I really loved the additional thread of the preacher and the way that kind of pays off in the end. Mm -hmm. And I in particular loved the really subtle moment where her mantra that we've heard her repeat throughout the movie, she says it at the same time the preacher's saying it on the TV and you're like, Mm. well, that's weird, but it happens so fast in the middle of craziness. I remember being like, I don't get it. And then like, then, but then at the end, obviously like there's a reveal and I was like, Oh shit. I was like that. So that reveal was real. Right, yeah, it was, was and it wasn't just. I kind of thought it was like a I weird. I saw that thing. one coming too. Like, not to be a like snooty bitch about it, but I was like, if she's gonna be related well, to him, like she's gonna be in the video. Never, I never in a million years. Team dumbass over here did not see it. <laughs> never in a million years was I thinking that. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, magic. <laughs> I was like, short face, short face, short face. Got it. <laughs> you know what though? Here's a, a a thing I will say is that sometimes there's a satisfaction in something like that coming around when you know it's coming. Like, it doesn't okay. always... I understand what your your point. I've definitely been there before, Caitlin, but sometimes there is a satisfaction of, like, kind of seeing it coming, but then you get the satisfaction of, like, seeing yeah, it come payoff. full. Start. Yeah, a payoff, yeah. Her doing the bump of Coke off of her, like, the palm of her hand while she's driving away, though, like, and, like, we still driving. get remnants of the preacher. I was like, I, yeah, I can get down with this. <laughs> like, it's a cool yeah. ending. Yeah. That final kill that... Mia Goth does was mm. pretty great too. Yeah. That's so satisfying. <laughs> you know, and uh, oh, so, oh, this was the other thing I just wanted to talk about was like, it is so fascinating seeing this movie 
I have to imagine that like Ty West sat down like a month ago and watched that <laughs> shitty TCM movie and was just laughing his ass off. Like, cause he <laughs> yeah. fully made like a modern sequel to the Texas chains. I mean, like just without the lore he did. And I think we, somebody and when like wrote in was like, what if somebody made this movie, but it wasn't TCM? Like what? And like Ty West took TCM, broke it down, remade it for modern audiences and just gave it new lore and like it's awesome, uh, but like there's yeah. a mirror scene where Fade Ezra is crying in a theater. It is, it, but it's so stark in comparison to that, like so safe, not fresh, like Halloween 2018 rehashed Texas Chainsaw BS thing they put out. And like I had some fun with it, but it's not good. It's a bad movie. No, like no, it's so no. cool to see then this like so close on its heels and go theatrical. The idea that like the Texas Chainsaw movie didn't go, the- I mean, it was also in a surge so that might have affected it but i also feel like it might have just gotten shelved to netflix but i think so yeah yeah so it's and fa- i think it's you, a- if you look at those two final shots of our final girls exiting the film <laughs> one of them is like in a tesla being self-drove away and the other one is like behind the wheel right and it subverts yeah. <laughs> that shot of like the original tcm where she's just like mm-hmm. hysterical yeah. in the back yeah. of the truck mm-hmm. you know well, even when she's driving away in that truck at the end, and she takes that bump off a of coke, a bump of coke off her, you know, her hand, you're like, yeah, you fucking deserve that coke. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, drive all night. I was like, you, listen, ten and two, or you're gonna crash because you're. <laughs> come on, don't escape to then crash. Is my point. I could not get away because I don't know how to drive stick. I do. So. I was. I was glad I saw this in the theater. Um, I do think that it can enhance the experience as much as I enjoy my VOD releases. Um, There was no crowd. Like I saw it at 1220 on a Saturday and in, oh, just a haunted ass half abandoned mall that I haven't been to since I was like 17 years old. (laughs) Forgot about this theater. (laughs) And like, I kind of loved it. I wouldn't go there at night. Let's just say that. But as like a Saturday mat, and I know the movie, (laughs) a thing I noticed that's really interesting is like nowhere here had any movies before noon. And I was like on Twitter, like, was this a pandemic casualty? The mat, the like pre noon matinee. That's that bums me out. Hmm. Yeah. I I, I went to an early one on Monday. So I knew everybody would be at work. I had the whole theater to myself, which was awesome for COVID stuff. But I have to admit that it was a little weird sitting in a giant theater by myself watching like old people have sex. Okay. This is the life. I had one well, other no. person in my theater. What's up, Caitlin? I, I had a pretty full theater. Um, and I, like I said, I saw this with three people. So there were four of us and the whole row in front of us was empty. There were a lot of people around, but the whole row in front was empty. And then this group came and sat like, Literally one, two, three, four in front of our one, two, three, four. And I was like, get the fuck oh, away from me. <laughs> like, I am trying to enjoy my movie. I'm short. I can't see over your hat. Get away from me. That's the irony of my feelings really? on the theater experience is that I do enjoy it. Like, it's not a thing I want to see go away, but I don't want to have it with any other people. And that's not a sustainable business model. <laughs> like, I want to pay my 10 to $15, depending on what area I'm in. And like, go see a movie by myself. If like, if there's other people within like 20 feet of me, I guess that's acceptable, but I'd really prefer no one. <laughs> Although then the lights go down and I think I'm going to get murdered. So I don't, I, don't that <laughs> I saw this when I was on vacation in Colorado this past weekend in uh, Broomfield, Colorado, the AMC that was within walking distance of my hotel. And I actually had the thought as I was going to the heading over to the movie, it was five o'clock. So it wasn't going to be a real problem, but I was thinking, 
oh, I got to walk back to the hotel by myself in the dark. I'm going to have an Eric adventure. Yeah, I wouldn't, have <laughs> want, I wouldn't have wanted to do that, especially in a place that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. That can be freaky. Love it. Yeah. X. Word. You know, I also really love the music choices in this movie, especially, yeah, especially there's one scene where she first, Pearl first kind of pops up and she's in her nightgown in front of the car as the director guy is trying to go away. And Don't Fear the Reaper comes on right Mm -hmm. as she's standing there looking (laughs) all ghostly and evil. That was great. (laughs) What was the the song that cut to credits? Because as the credits started, my theater was like singing together, which was like, (laughs) as much as I was grumpy that there were other people, I was like, oh, this is really nice. Like we all just had a nice time together. (laughs) (laughs) What's it? I, don't, I was singing too, and then on the way home, I was like, "What are we singing?" There's a now? lot of <laughs> there's a lot of '70s jams in it. All right. The last thing I would add on this one yeah. is I didn't get into it when I, we were talking at the top of the show, and but like I said, I'm hit a hit or miss on Ty West movies sometimes, and I don't love everything he puts out there. But Ty West for me is kind of like Eli Roth, where I enjoy his enthusiasm and I enjoy his love of the genre, and sometimes gold comes out. Yeah, I, I would say that's generous to Eli Roth to compare the two. I understand. <laughs> Eli Roth had bigger commercial successes, but yeah, like actual genre yeah. skill, that's an interesting question. But they're both enthusiastic <laughs> about what they're doing, and I'm, you got to appreciate that. I'm at the point yeah, with you, him. You feel all the horror inspiration in it, all the references to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the discussion about Psycho, and then seeing the car in the lake, which is how Norman Bates got yeah. rid of the car. All those touches were really nice, too, and you could tell yeah. that it's somebody who appreciates the genre. I'm going to be honest, and if like people have listened to the show for a long time, like they've seen me do this full evolution on this, I think I'm Team Ty West. Like, I was already halfway there after the sacrament because I love that movie so much. But now I'm like, okay, like if you can do that and this, you can do some cool shit. And like, yeah, I'm, yeah. And they're so oh, different. Yeah. I'm willing to uh, forgive you for like the innkeepers if we can just never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. He's grown just like all of us, you know. He went through I his fart smelling phase. I wonder if it has to do with A24's influence too, because A24 seems the type that's going to search out a director with a project that they think is ambitious and then let them do what they want to do and not stick their fingers in it. I think right? it depends on how, I don't know exactly. How, the lineage because my understanding is that they're largely a distributor so like yeah. it could be that it just how, he made the movies financed and then sold it to them it could be but but to your yeah. point like I totally get why A24 would be interested in this kind of offbeat thing yeah. and it's yeah. very like them it's unusual for a movie like this to be in theaters but I think coming from A24 it makes sense because they they take shots like this, you know? Like yeah, A24 is kind of synonymous with prestige as of late, right? Yeah. Or elevated they, horror, even. They have found this has got me hyped for bodies, bodies, bodies. They have, sure. yeah. they have found some way to work their business model seemingly that allows them to take these shots, and it seems to be okay if they're not blockbuster. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they've got some kind of, like, art house, Blumhouse situation going on, I feel like, where... They have the economic. A twenty four sells merch. Like I can't think of another distribution company where I'd be like, oh, I want, an, I want a hat. I'm like kind of into you. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Platinum Dunes. All right, friends. Would you recommend X, Rachel? Oh yeah, easy, easy recommendation. Caitlin. Yes. Ariel. Yeah. Casey. Absolutely. Love it. It's a big yes for me, Caitlin. Let's look at my top ten list on the other side of uh, this Ooh. break. We will be right back. Sweet. 
for the movie Rolling Stone magazine calls a delicious blend of fun and fright that's smashingly scary. It was funny. It was exciting. It's a scream, baby. The whole thing was fun. Never say, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Sensational, terrific entertainment, says the LA Times. Scream is sexy. I was screaming at the top of my lungs and laughing hysterically all at the same time. Scream. This is great. You have to see it. Rated R. Now playing. Hi there, I'm Judith O'Day from George Romero's original Night of the Living Dead, and you're listening to Bloody Good Horror. Caitlin, I don't need you to read the list. This is the number one horror movie so far of 2022. And I'm going to, you know, I like bold predictions. I would be surprised if something unseats this for me this year. Maybe. Nope. We'll see. Now I say that, I say, I say that being completely ignorant of what's coming out this year. (laughs) So let's see what happens. So what you can tell me though. Now what, what, what's number two scream? Or no, I yeah, put that so, Guillermo uh, del Toro thing or what? Uh, no, you're, that one we decided was 2021. Um, so now your list goes X, Fresh, Scream, and then all the way at the bottom, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> can't it. believe you're leaving that on there. I, I, am, I can't wait to see how long it's going to hang on. I like I'm to just, I, I like to fill the list up as soon as I can because then I enjoy the like whittling process. Mm-hmm. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. Then when I boot that Texas Chainsaw off the list like i get to talk shit about it again like down the road. it's just <laughs> i'm just long game playing the long game i'm creating new material Four through nine wide open so I'm, you know I'm creating... unless you wanted to add seed from last week seed seed no. seed seed no. seed tc <laughs> yeah well listen you know i put seed at nine what i mean whatever that's fine i'm just i'm, I'm creating content for future eric is what i'm doing all right um, we have no email this week, but it's info at bloodygoodhorror.com. There is, are some things going on. Um, Rachel and Ariel, you don't just live here. You have other homes as well. Do you want to tell people about that? Tell them, Ariel. Tell them all about it. <laughs> Your turn to do the plugs. <laughs> all right. So we are part of the Zombie Girls Network, and there's a bunch of podcasts on there for you to enjoy. But I am on the Zombie Girls podcast, where it's a bunch of friends, all women, and we discuss horror movies from a feminist perspective. We just kind of have a good time and laugh a lot. And then Rachel and I have our own show called More Deadly, where we focus on horror movies directed by women-identified directors. And we got to interview those directors a lot. We just put out an interview recently with Miriamo Diallo, who did Master. And we're going to be reviewing that. I think that'll come out next week. And mm-hmm. we did an episode recently that's already on our feed where we reviewed um, Eve's Bayou with Sheree from Nightmare on Fear Street. So that was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Doing lots of stuff. 
definitely. Hell yeah. We have our live show this weekend for those uh, out there who (laughs) want to throw some money at us. Where? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're having our ally wars where we're having all the guys from the network. (laughs) Come in Basically. and prove their feminist chops. Yeah, with, lots of <laughs> with lots of fun and drinking involved. Wow. Is yeah, this like a live so, streaming thing or like live? Oh, yeah, I, thought, I thought you meant like out somewhere. That sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. We might slide you a link if you want it. So, under yeah. the table. If people Google zombie girls, G R R L Z. Yes. Is that right? Thank you. Two R's. And they can find that in their podcast apps and on socials. Yep. Rachel, yeah, your tell- me- your meme game on Instagram is very strong. Oh, that, that's, that's awesome. Ariel. Thank you. Oh, that's it is Ariel. okay, Ariel. You're, it's very strong. I share them daily because they're so good. Like, oh, a little, actually, Ariel, I gotta say, I'm a little sad to be doing tweets tonight because you and Rachel are on at the same time, so I don't get those good uh, <laughs> sneaky ones dropped in. Like they're they're like horror and funny. They're actually funny. Yeah. Like I see a lot of people and tra- making fun of Rachel. I see a lot of no. I'm talking about Rachel. My favorite pastime. I'm talking about Ariel's <laughs> Ariel's memes. Like I see a lot of people try to do like horror 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 memes that are like related to life things and they're not always successful so you find the good ones oh well thank you yeah that's mostly me and then sometimes matilda jumps in there too she's great love it yeah strong being babe casey uh what do we got on twitter all right, we've got one tweet this week. It comes from uh, a new contact for us, a new friend for us out there. It goes by at Duck Sensual. So far, if you watched a horror movie in 2022, there's a 50% chance that Jenna Ortega is in it. Do you think that trend will hold up by the end of the year? Also, I love you all, and you're all cuties. <laughs> <laughs> new true. favorite listener. Love it. Um, I believe that Duck Sensual is a patron, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's the first time I've seen a tweet since I've taken over the tweets. So it's new to me, Eric. It's new to me. (laughs) I I've been hearing that uh, Jen Ortega is going to be in quite a few horror movies, and that she's definitely a certified scream queen. So Um, I'm 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 down with it. I'm down for it. I would like to know what horror movies that Brittany Snow is going to be in, please. I'll get that. I'll get right on that. Thank you. Yeah. Not knowing who was in this, I did have that moment at the beginning of this movie. It's like, oh, is that Britney Snow? <laughs> I'm, I'm a little smitten. I haven't. I actually like. I'm. I like the Pitch Perfect movies. They're fun, and so I like her in those movies. Um. So I. Okay. Now you do have a type because I can definitely see Elizabeth <laughs> rocking like the red. Oh yeah. Thing. She's I like, mean, the whole like southern yeah, thing going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, now that I've seen Jenna Ortega in this, and when I saw her in Scream, I was like, are you 14? Like, she looks so young. But in this, she she seems old enough to, to, to be a Scream She queen, definitely so. seems older here, which is good, given Thank what God. she yeah. does in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be weird seeing her as Wednesday Adams next. Oh, is that, that what she's doing oh, next? Oh, that's good casting. I like that. In I mean, it's TV good casting, version. but I'm going to be like thinking about those Sunday underwear. It's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know they had been Wednesday, you know? Existed. That was so weird. The su- Is that like, because that's just like the day of the week? Is that supposed to be like, she's so wholesome? The Lord's Day. Yeah. Is that what that oh, is? I, like, I, what I, you've I, never I seen those novelty. Yeah. You've never seen those novelty undies? But I just mean like, in the context of the movie, is that supposed to signal how wholesome she is? Yes. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so Brittany yeah. Snow had day of the week underwear underneath that jumpsuit. No. <laughs> no, no underwear under the jumpsuit. <laughs> That's it for tweets oh. this week. That's huh? the only one we got on there. 
Boy, we're going to be a little short because we got nothing but jokesters on uh, Instagram this week. Not really helping us out. Let's see what we got here. Um, first up, can people actually train alligators? Um, I wasn't sure if this was a shot at the movie. Because, <laughs> like, I would argue that alligator was just hungry and opportunistic. Um, yeah. But I don't know if you can train alligators. I bet Chris... Someone Pat, hasn't seen Lake Placid, I see. Chris, Chris, uh, it sounds like Steve a job Irwin for... is shaking. It sounds like a job for Chris Pratt in uh, Jurassic World. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know that you train alligators so much as, like, hope they don't eat you. Like, get good at not being eaten is about all you You distract get. them with other food. So you dangle the carcass strategically. So. Yes. <laughs> Man, that head chomp was great. So yeah. make sure they're well fed. <laughs> it really they're was. They're well fed and they'll leave you alone. It very much was. Be honest. What's your favorite horror porn parody? <laughs> I don't know that I've watched a lot. I've seen one Nobody, of my- If you want to hear more about horror parody porn, you should definitely be listening to the Zombie Girls because one of our cast members, Sarah, has what do we call it? Master porn theater, where she watches these and then tells us all about them. Very nice. But I think we nice. landed on porn. <laughs> um, I've seen approximately one, and it was in the early, early two thousands on like Cinemax or something called the Bear Wench Project. Amazing. And it was, it was, but it was just like nothing happened. Like it was like the softest of softcore. So like I was like watching, it was like. What is this? Shit? Like, what is going on? Yeah, if you want to talk <laughs> subgenres and stuff, wasn't that a Misty Monday movie, which is like probably, its own softcore mm-hmm. genre? It's it's an interesting point, or just like thing to think about too. I think for younger people, younger people, I feel like are watching. When younger people look back at like the amount of sex in our older movies and how horned up everybody was, like there are there's a certain like demographic of younger people that are like. Ew, like they're just, they don't get it. They don't understand why. Well, I think what people have to understand is like, that's where you got sex when you were like a tween in yeah, the nineties, eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. Like yeah. you did not have a fire hose of the most <laughs> depraved porn you could ever want at your fingertips when we were growing up. So when you saw boobs in a movie and you were like a 13 year old kid. Speaking of Kid Cudi. So when you saw like. <laughs> I'm sorry, Eric. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. So, so when you saw a sex scene in a movie and you were like a 13 year old yeah. kid, that could have very well been like an awakening for you. And that's yeah. why these movies stick in our heads because they really were like, in some cases, formative experiences that we just had with movies. I would imagine that a lot of kids now I just have that with actual porn, which like I'm not even going to begin to think what that is going to reap in like 20 years. Ooh. But like it's, it's almost, it's almost like our varied, varied, varied views on this movie with all of our varied ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, an I interesting. Don't know it's an interesting about adult films, but the answer is yeah. Edward Penis Hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an interesting thing I think for younger viewers. Like I don't think that there's a little bit of a disconnect between younger genre audiences and older ones understanding that just like things are different. We're different then and they're different now. And maybe in some ways we're coming at the subject of sex and movies from like a different perspective. Yeah. There's also euphoria though, which I don't watch, but as I understand, it's a pretty, pretty yeah. uh, penis horror. Int- yes. That's exactly the word <laughs> I was looking for. <laughs> I don't want to watch euphoria cause I'm afraid I'll get put on a list. <laughs> 
Uh, there, yeah, there are some concerns. I yeah. honestly am mostly annoyed. I am interested. No, I haven't been interested enough to actually watch it. But also, I'm like, there's like an hour on what is it like Sunday night or something where it just takes over my Twitter feed, and I'm like, oh, is it Euphoria hour again? Like, can we just be done with this? <laughs> It's like when it's like that's what uh, it used to be like during The Walking Dead, like ten years oh, ago. Uh huh. Yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Totally guilty. Sorry, that was me. Game yeah. of Thrones. Same thing. You know, True Blood before that. So. Yeah. It's funny. I can't think of uh, like a porn, a horror porn parody off the top of my head right now, but I could tell you what really grinds my gears is sexy Freddy Krueger Halloween costumes. So it's tangentially related, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why has that got to be sexy? He was not a sexy person. <laughs> <laughs> um, old people sex, yes or no? And this is our final question this evening. Yes. I mean, yes. I, mean I don't yes. know if I want to, you know, have a front this row This whole movie seat, is, yes. this whole movie <laughs> is like one, do, this whole big movie is like <laughs> one movie for like, uh, like advertisement for the, for sex work. Like in, not even in our main characters. Like if these people could get some people to come over and like help them out, like yeah. maybe nobody would be dead. I don't know. I mean, they're still murderers, <laughs> but still. Hey, they're still people, yeah. and they've got feelings too. So, more power to them. It's funny when you reframe the movie in hindsight, and just thinking like all the creepiness from the old guy is mostly like, oh, you goddamn kids are gonna get my wife all horned up, and this is gonna be a whole thing, and we're gonna have to deal with it. Like, because you heart think can't take it. you think it's him being sinister and racist and all the shit, and he definitely is like a little like he, there's some racist shit going on, but it's really just like he's afraid of what his wife is gonna do. It's funny. It's interesting I also to think look it's at. Naive in of us to think that older people aren't having sex when we know statistically that, for instance, in retirement communities, STIs run rampant right. because people yeah. are just. You know, going here to town. I didn't think this episode gets sexier. Thank you. <laughs> my recommendation. No, it's, it's very true. My recommendation. Like wild. My yeah. recommendation to old people trying to have sex after watching this movie: just like try, try taking your pants off. You might enjoy it more. Yeah. Like, or have, leave the knives out of it. <laughs> like, you'll have better range of motion, better for everybody. It just, I'm just saying. Just accept that you want it and give in. You don't need to get the knives or the guns out or anything. Like I just, that. I love. Okay. I kept at some point. I kept laughing at his repeated being like, "My heart, <laughs> like I can't. You no, know, I can't because my heart." I mean, woman. it paid off because we do get it. <laughs> yeah. You know what she needed, yeah, Caitlin? Get them in the end. You might say she needed like a locket with his heart medicine in it. Oh, no, God. <laughs> she did. Oh, no. As much as I hated on that moment. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. They well, could have had a whole subplot of her sneaking Viagra and replacing her his heart medicine with Viagra. Yeah. Oh, boy. I straight up thought. Went out with a bang, you could say. I mean, like, <laughs> I swear, though, if they had just gone up to these people and been like, could, one, could you send one of these guys over to just, like, help me out here with my wife? Like, I feel like they might have been like, they might have like rock, paper, scissored, but I feel like they might have been like, all right, sure. Like, and then the movie's over. And then that's it. <laughs> Make it part of the Airbnb contract. Yeah. If you're young and sexy, you have to throw um, a volunteer. <laughs> anyway, so um that's X. That's our show on X. What a what an interesting movie to talk about. There's a lot. Yeah. It's a I think it in a lot of ways is a breath of fresh air that the genre has been kind of especially in, I haven't seen anything. This exciting. I'm really excited to go dig yet. up this post credits trailer now. I'm, I'm like, I need yeah. to see it. I'm sure it's out yeah. by now. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. I would imagine. Um, two things I wanted to mention. Um, well, three things. So I want to remind people that you can, if you're a BGH patron at any level, you can get our Patreon podcast feed. 
if you open up the BGH app and you go to, it's like information or something. I don't have it on me. You click on, uh, it's overview. That's what it is. And then scroll down and there's a link, a link there. You can take that link and put it into any podcast app and you're going to get um, Monday curated classics you're going to get early release of BGH on Thursday evenings. You also can scroll back and get the whole um, back catalog of all the spinoff shows. So like every sophisticated cinema, there's like 50 of them. Every Eric show, there's like six or seven of them. Casey's has some spinoffs in the back catalog, all that kind of stuff. So it's all there um, in your Patreon feed. Also, another thing... Um, some levels of patrons get the live stream, which you could be watching right now. We're all on video. I wanted to remind people that link stays good even after we're live. So like anytime you want to watch a live stream, you can just find that message in your email or your Patreon, click on the link and it's there archived. We just, the one thing I do is I cut off, I cut off the um, pre-show a few days after. So like if you want to, hear me and Casey talk about how old we are, like anything like that. Um, <laughs> I mean, type up in the documents. That's usually what I'm doing. Appreciate the, uh, <laughs> the other exciting thing going on for patrons right now is we have an almost finalized design for a Patreon exclusive t-shirt. Oh, it's going to be cool. <laughs> Our highest level patrons are going to get that shirt for free and everyone else will have the chance to buy it at a uh, purchased rate, but it's not going to be available anywhere else. Um, we're going to have other t-shirt designs this year that will be available to like the public, but this will be a cool way um, to show your support. Caitlin and Casey, you guys have seen the t-shirt design and what what's the verdict? It's like nothing we've had t-shirt wise before. I think you listeners out there would be pretty impressed. Yeah, it's very unique in the pantheon of BG yeah. tees. It's really thoughtful and detailed and yeah, it's I dig it. Um, it's being good. designed by um, a really cool artist. His name is John. His like brand name is Slime and Grime. It's Slime and Grime. And you can search that and find his stuff. It's got a sort of, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like 80s punk skater horror kind of aesthetic to it. Everything's yeah. sort of slimy and gross and fleshy. The best thing with Slime and Grime is he's super detailed. If you go out and dig around his Instagram and stuff, you'll find uh, drawings he's done of like uh, the Gremlin, one of the Gremlins. It's fantastic, and he's and he does get slimy and some and grimy in some of his uh, drawings and stuff too. So, and they really work out well. It's it's fun stuff. Yeah, so that's going to be available super soon. So look out for that. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of BGH and uh, we hope you enjoy the show and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.